Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs and projects done well. Let me tell you, there's the version of it where you try to do something at home, and then there's a version of it where you have someone help you, you watch them do it the right way, and you go, thank God I didn't try to do that myself. I have fully done things around the home that I think look good and then a bang in the night and I wake up to a shelf collapsing, a painting falling off the wall. Like it, I've, I've seen it all go south. I own a home and I can tell you, I know how much work it can take. Whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, you can Angie that and connect with skilled professionals to get the project done well. Right now, one of my wish lists is I want a bike for my condo in Milwaukee and I would love to rig it up on a pulley in the ceiling because I have one of those like lofted ceilings, but I'm so scared to try that on my own. Angie has 20 years of home experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You can control your actions and your decisions, but you cannot control the end result. You have no control about it. I love that. Yeah. Because it's it's not up to you. It's sometimes up to someone else's whim. You can do everything possible to to like put you in the right direction, to like give you the best odds at hitting that goal, but you don't get to choose if you actually get it. Unless you have sex with Harvey Weinstein. Welcome back to the Shit They Do Not Tell You About podcast. And my name is Steve Hello, Green. welcome to Shit They Don't Tell You. I'm Nikki Limo. And today we have a very important topic. We are talking indeed about how do you know? We've been talking about a lot of a lot of things that brought me to this topic in the past couple of weeks. Uh-huh. And I thought we would approach this topic from a different angle. Okay. Well, I like this lead up. I'm uh anxiously anticipating so, i don't know what topics he prepares by the way um if you're just you. tuning in we prepare different topics and like one person will prepare and then we don't tell the other person what we're doing so i have no idea what he's about to say so we're talking about which spider-man movie sucked the most really are we really talking about that no we're not we're okay. talking about how do you how do you know that you did not give up on your dreams Oh, okay. This is going to be an honest yeah. analysis. Yeah, we had we've talked about this throughout the years. Yes, exactly. Yeah, and and I always kind of had a different opinion than you, but uh, you were very opinionated about it, so I didn't well, really. Go ahead. Take, what's your opinion? Well, I mean, it's easier to say now because I feel like I was you know I was Bef- correct. Before we do that, okay, go ahead. Let's talk about like the whole thing, right? So yeah. it's like, what you know, what was the dream, right? So mm. yes, you know. I think we both moved to LA mm-hmm. to get into film and television. Yes. No question. Yeah, for sure. Right? Yeah, 100%. And it was something that <clears throat> I thought about since I was a little kid. Yep. 
And like, you know, I'd watch the Ghostbusters movie in Indianapolis, Indiana, sitting on the brown carpet. And I was like hearing everybody laugh. And I was like, this is exactly what I want to do. Like, I want to do whatever they're doing to make people laugh. Yeah, that's exactly what I thought when I was watching all that. And uh, like Friends. There you go. Yeah. I was always more into TV and you were always more into movies. Yes. Well, yeah. that was that was what we did. I mean, I, I can't say we watched a lot of TV compared to movies. Like, yeah, we de- definitely didn't watch movies. We, yeah. we always watched TV. Yeah. Uh, and that's why we I end up smarter than you, I, th- I believe. Yeah, you're so much, much more intelligent. More intelligent. Yes, there you go. You're intelligenter than me. I agree. So, um, yeah. So when it when it was time, right? I remember, you know, obviously throughout high school and stuff, I'm doing plays. I'm doing all that kind of stuff, and I really enjoyed it. I think I enjoyed doing plays because I like performing. Like I, I love you performing. like the live energy love it. of the people. Love it. Yes. Right. I don't remember like loving memorizing tons of dialogue. I never enjoyed that uh-huh. part of it. Um, but I liked making a character up that could make people have a good time, right? I could see that about you. So that was fun. I enjoyed that very much. And actually, believe it or not, during my improv years, well, then, then you know, I get into improv around yeah. the same time around high school. And then um, <clears throat> yeah, during my improv years, I would do a lot of voices. I would do a lot of different characters and stuff. It's not really what I ended up doing on the internet, but like that was like my shit. Like, yeah. You know, I was, I would, whatever, whatever gets the audience there is what you try to do, right? But then, um, yeah, I'm doing improv and, you know, I really fall in love with improv. Like, yeah. Big time. And I know that because, like, you can ask my brothers, like, growing up, I kind of disappeared because I just kept on going, hitting the improv circuit, like, you know, four nights a week, five nights a week, even, and mm-hmm. just, hanging out with all those guys, like performing with those guys. Like we had a little troupe called San Diego Theater Sports and we would like perform, you know, Friday, Saturday, and sometimes on Sundays. And then we would do practice every week, like maybe two times a week even sometimes. So just a lot of training for years. Yeah. And um, that's how I know I loved it more than I ever even thought about acting. But I was always like, oh yeah, I'm going to be an actor. Yeah, I think that because uh, I was similar with stand up. So um, I fell in love with stand up and I was doing it like th- four or five nights a week and just loved this. I loved the scene. I loved uh, working on my set. I loved, you know, when I did a little bit of improv or crowd work and it, it worked and like trying to incorporate some of those bits, like if there were tags on, on different bits. And I just I, I fell in love with it. Yeah. But what I saw with acting was it was a way to perform and make more money. Like I saw it weirdly, even though it's like you have just as much a shot as doing that as a stand up as you do as an actor. Like it's like your chances are very slim. Like the risk is still large. I, I just saw acting as being more of a sustainable, solidified it's like the like, only a job, career. It's the only real job is what it seems like. Yeah, it's like it's like I'm gonna, I love performing. What can I do as a performer that's sustainable? Oh, acting. And I, I mean, acting still performing. So exactly. Yeah, I just I got into that. But there is no that other because, like, you know, stand-ups are kind of carnies. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like, because you're touring. You're mostly if you're making a decent living doing stand-up, you're mostly on tour. Of course. You don't have a home really. You're like in hotel rooms all the time. You live on the road. Yeah. And so yeah, and you know, I did some stand-up, but I never fell in love with stand-up where I'm like, I'm gonna hit this every fucking night. You know what I mean? Yeah. It just never happened for me where I'm like, yeah, I absolutely like am obsessed with this shit. Yeah, because you are very much more like improv, which is like there's no good or bad. It's like the different personality type. Yeah. Where like I 
I like the polishing of things and like continuing to polish and polish and polish the same thing yes. until it's nice and shiny and then you perform it for a bigger audience. Yeah, and, and things you, become stale quickly for me. Yes, so exactly. So I need the new, I need the new, need and the I new, attack new. the new. I'm like, all the new will be in the crowd work. Yeah, and even I remember, dude, in my mid-20s too, I remember, you know how you, you just get where you're like all cocky and shit? Yeah. You're in your mid-20s and you're like, I fucking rock. Yeah, I'm fucking, I, I actually think I was the most depressed and insecure in my 20s. But well, yeah. I just remember, you know, I had breakthroughs yeah. in the improv scene where like, you know, because early on I got pretty crushed by my teacher who was actually doing me a huge favor, mm-hmm. like showing me why I wasn't good yet yeah, and telling me why I wasn't good yet and like, you know, teaching me about not being a me provisor and all that kind of stuff, right? So I had a couple breakthroughs though and once I pushed through those, I was like, oh dude, I got this. I know what this is. And I remembered we had a... um. A UCB instructor, Upper Citizens Brigade in LA, very now very popular um, comedy, you know, school and like performing uh, place. But back then it was so new; it had yeah. just opened. And um, we had Daniel Schneider come down and do like um, a road class for us. Like mm. so she was showing us long form improv stuff and Harold stuff. And during it, I just remember like immediately picking up what she was teaching and like using it to kill the room and like and i was killing like rooms a room of other comedians yeah which is so much that feels harder incredible yeah definitely and then and then once i i was like oh yeah i gotta do this i gotta do this ucb shit right yeah. so then i moved to la but see you notice something happening right like yeah did i move to la and take acting school no yeah i, I did do an acting class like a couple times right but mm-hmm. I, I wasn't like gotta get back to it tomorrow mm-hmm. like whereas with improv i was like oh i'm getting so close i had breakthroughs i'm seeing progress you know what i'm saying i'm like yeah. i'm building something yeah. i'm building something right gotta get on our herald team all this kind of shit yeah you were excited excited as yeah. fuck mm-hmm. couldn't wait to do it couldn't tear me away from it yeah right? so yeah i never attacked if you if you're dreaming about being an actor since you're a kid why aren't you attacking acting training right you know what i'm saying yeah why aren't you like you know me I mean, you've known me for how long? When have I been like, I got to get into acting classes? No, never. In fact, I I remember anytime you had an acting opportunity come up, you were hella nervous and yeah, scared dude, about yeah. it. It was awful. You were like terrified about it. <laughs> I was. And um, yeah, so that was it, it, it. But this is not something you realize in the moment. Right. You don't just pick this up. No, because, well, you, you are the stories that you tell yourself, right? So yeah. if you were a kid and you were like, oh, these people are being funny in a movie, the way I can be funny is only in a movie. That's it. And then it stayed, stayed in your brain somehow where it's like your picture of success of being funny and making people laugh is now only in this box of being in the movies. Yeah, and I didn't even, you know, because now I'm I'm older, I realized all that stuff right. much easier. It's so yeah, clear. Yeah. It's so clear. And in fact, I also see like what happens to some comedians in movies. Some comedians, they translate easy style, right? Mm-hmm. And they can, like a like a... You know, uh, I want to say Robin Williams. Like Robin Williams, like like even Sandler and obviously right, yeah. Kevin James, like they've had yeah. a lot of success, like just just going from doing. I mean, Sandler didn't really do stand up as much, but but Kevin James, you know, I know a lot of people make fun of his career and stuff. Um, but do they? King of Queens is my fucking or, favorite Paul, show. Paul Blart, right? Oh, right, right. <laughs> but but point is, is that you know when you plug him in to like 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 he's been in a bunch of side characters in a bunch of movies. Yeah, when you plug him in, he just. He doesn't seem like he's acting. He, no, he's so good. He's good at it. That's why I love King of Queens and everyone la- like comedians in the comedy world. Like it's like you don't like multicam comedy because it's like it's so hack and it's so um, over the top acting. Yeah, yeah. But I swear, King of Queens, 
they're so good like even their improv is they sell it and it's and then you got jerry stiller in there and leah remini and everyone just meshes so fucking well the chemistry is just so good in that show and i don't know i think it's so underrated nobody talks about king of queens but whatever I have, a, I, I have a chip on my shoulder because I freaking love King of Queens and nobody supports me. Obviously, Eddie Murphy, hugely successful in stand-up, then did movies yeah, like yeah. it was nothing, right? Yeah. One of the funniest people ever. So like, but then, you know, Carlin mm-hmm. is one of my favorite comedians ever, if not my favorite comedian ever. Mm-hmm. And when you watch him in movies, he's like, wooden as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> he can't be Carlin. You know what I'm saying? In- like when he's in Bill and Ted, he's sort of just like. I kind of felt that way about Mark Maron. Hmm. Hundred percent. Yeah, 100%. like he he was a comedian. He had a good podcast, but then like I, I don't know. Like I you tried put him to, in the shows. Yeah, and I tried stuff watching and... him. Sorry, Mark Maron. I was I don't know. I didn't mean to call him out. So far, we've only well, started just talking about positive. Name. Sorry. <laughs> uh, point point. But no, it doesn't always work for people. Yeah, it just, it just doesn't. doesn't. Yeah, yeah. It just doesn't. I think he's gotten better at acting. Mark, you've been working on it. You've been coaching. <laughs> I know. I know you have. <laughs> nice way to clean it up. Thank you. But um, yeah, and then you know, because um. I did a couple acting classes when I was in those acting classes even. It's not like I was like, yes, yes, yes. The whole time I had anxiety, mm-hmm. the whole time like, the, especially movement classes, mm-hmm. made me fucking cringe. Yeah. I was like, LA is a bunch of airy fairy assholes. I'm not a, well, okay, to be fair, you went to NYFA and that's not exactly- Film Academy. Yeah. It's, it's not the best like yeah, I know. acting coaches in the world. It's like tourists. Uh, um, yeah. Yeah. It really, yeah, for sure. But point is, is that- um, I just remember being in there and not loving it. Mm-hmm. Couldn't wait to get home because it was the first time I lived on my own. Couldn't wait to just be by myself more than with actor people because actor people, I mean, I liked a couple of them, but actor people are just fucking weird. Yeah, that's why I can't believe you got into theater in high school because that's what turned me off of theater was the people in theater. Well, I swear, my the people I knew in theater were not like the people, I mean, there was a couple of them, like the people who are like super head up their own ass. But most yeah, people they're just in my like, high school oh, cool. they're, they're all singing. They're all musical people. I'm just like, it's yeah, we not my jam. We not weren't my jam. the musical tribe. No, okay. No. Yeah. See, I got the wrong crowd. I was like, I don't sing and I like comedies and I like TV. Like, I liked real acting. Like, where that's why I liked on camera acting more than theater. Um, well, I mean, my theater experience was limited to high school, but. Um, because like I, I just felt it was more real. Like you, you're you're down here because the camera picks up everything, yes. picks up your thoughts, picks up everything in your in your eyes. So you just have to actually live it uh, rather than perform it and like yes. project it what you're trying to do. And I just like that so much better. Yeah, I also think that you know because obviously you know the, my next move is I, you know, I'm in L.A. and I'm doing improv. Mm-hmm. And I, I, you know, it's funny. It was like 15 years ago. Because I remember like really like it was yesterday. Yeah. And it's Remember cre- when old people used to tell us that? Like old people in their thirties, they were like, It's like a blink of the eye and I was like, You were never young. Shut up. Yeah, it's, but like <laughs> I remember moving to, into Koreatown. Yeah. Having people from improv because we, we we did improv um classes, but then we also people in our class, we all like teamed up together and we would have coaches come to our house. So I remember having coaches come to my like Koreatown apartment and like we'd all pay them. We were all very poor. Yeah. We'd have to go to the ATM first. But I just remember it all like it was yesterday. But I wasn't doing that with acting. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? So yeah. it was just like this kind of thing. I, you know, I like to say I'm a self-aware person, but I can't even believe I didn't realize that this was happening to me. Like where I was clearly in love with something else mm-hmm. while I kept on saying, oh yeah, well my plan is to be an actor. <laughs> it's like weird. Yeah. Yeah. That is interesting. Right? Yeah. 
You, and almost you got defensive about it if you were called out on it. Because I remember yeah. a couple times I was like, you're not really an actor. I was like, you're... I was like, what do you mean? You're like an imp- you're a comedian and you're yeah. an improviser and you're really good like at performing and in sketches but like i don't see you as an actor because you weren't studying you weren't coaching you weren't you didn't even have a headshot or resume like it wasn't proper like you'd go print it out you'd print them out at cvs like it wasn't like like you weren't professional about it no you weren't in the union i'm like you're just you're you can act but you're not an actor i don't think i could act but yeah but the point is is that um i didn't really know what acting was yeah not really like because for me, coming up in theater acting, you got to act to the back of the room, right? So you're like, you know how theater actors yeah, you're, are. That's like what I just said. Like you're projecting. Exactly. You're like mugging. Exactly. Because yeah, the the last person in the last row has to see your facial expression. Yeah, and that was yeah. my training. So all my training was that. And so then, you know, when you get on uh, camera, camera, yeah, you know, you're going to be Jim Carrey pretty quick. Yeah. If you don't like pull it in. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, you know, I'm 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 in L.A. and I just sort of, um keep on doing comedy stuff (laughs) and then i end up you know getting into the youtube circuit like where i met you and the irony is well there was a couple things that happened right so i first started doing the tubes and um when i I would be in everyone else's videos i didn't have a channel yet right so when i'm when i'm in other people's videos i'm doing their style and also i don't really know how to act i think i would just like Mm -hmm. you know do whatever the fuck Mm -hmm. I, i don't know but um I didn't take it like, like this is a real situation. I'm this person. Yeah. You know I mean, I would just like you didn't try have the to... moment before. You didn't have your objective. You didn't None have. A, yeah. It. You didn't. I stuff that I know now through you. Yeah. I didn't know then, and so I was just like trying to get to the joke. Mm-hmm. Right. Which is fine for YouTube. Yeah. It's totally fine. Totally. But when you're doing this, you don't realize that it's not acting. Right. So so then you know, uh, I remember I would always see this same comment, and it was always like. Oh, okay, because I started doing my YouTube channel eventually, right? And I would just do like I don't even remember. Like when I first started it on YouTube, it was just like little skits, mm-hmm. like almost like how TikToks are now, mm-hmm. like just little quick little bits that I did. Yeah. And so it was like a two minute video, like a bit. And um, and then I remember it would, I would see a comment constantly that kind of built up, and it was like, "How come Steve Green?" isn't funny in his stuff he's only funny in other people's stuff or whatever mm-hmm. and i was like yeah i haven't found my voice rhythm my voice yeah because yeah. like i'm like okay so how come in improv like i'm pretty respected in the in the in the group everyone likes me but then i go on the tubes and unless i'm in other people's stuff you know people are like whatever you know what yeah I mean? like why is that so i didn't like find my thing yet and i kept on having to do a bunch of different things before I found like my troll voice that I ended up like end up blowing me up and stuff. Yeah, which is improv man on the street That's stuff. It. Yeah. So yeah, but um, <clears throat> but you know, and even there, right? So, so I'm doing I'm doing finally find my troll format. It actually takes about a year for that to really explode. A year of consistency. Consistency. Yeah. 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 Just constantly plugging away at it. Like I would get like eight thousand to fifteen thousand views a video or something like that. And that was because you had a lot of people pushing to you too. Like, yeah, I did. You but were it, in a network. Yeah, but I didn't. They weren't there for me yet. They yeah. were like maybe checking out my stuff. Yeah. You know, and, and but I had like a good core group of people, like a couple um hundred people that would, would be consistently in my comments every time and um No, I just meant like people. uh you had you were already connected with Maker Studios who had like people that were like you were in people's things that were pushing to you. I'm talking if someone wants to start a YouTube channel right now, 
like 8,000 sounds like a lot of views to get right away oh, in your right. first year, you yeah. know? Yeah. I'm mean, just saying like you had a little bit of a, a leg up just to people that were, are wondering. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's all about like why you're you know bummed out space. about why you're bummed out about eight thousand views, right? You know? Yeah, I mean, yeah. It, it, well, I was looking around me, and everyone else was like crushing views. Yeah. So of course, I was like a fledgling little uh, tadpole, and so you know. But once you know, once I had my kind of moment, like it just started going nuts, and I would get millions of views a video, right? And then uh, all of a sudden, opportunities start to come in traditional acting stuff. And so then, then you know, it's it's almost like one door opens another, but it, but you know, I believe one thousand percent preparation. Or luck is when preparation meets opportunity. Mm -hmm. So I get these opportunities, but I don't think that it was. I was excited about them because I wasn't ready for them. Mm. Like I was very nervous about it. Very like um, I don't know. Like yeah, um, I think the more that I did acting stuff, the more I realized I don't know how to act. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I remember. Um, you know, years later, I'm helping uh, Joe and Bart do their um, Danger Boys thing. And I'm like, yo, you boys got to take an acting class. And they're like, what are you talking about? We've been fucking acting on YouTube forever. And I'm like, exactly. That's why you got to take an acting class. <laughs> yeah. And they didn't know what the fuck I was talking about until they got in the room. And I remember seeing them in the room with the coach, who's this great lady who you recommended. Mm -hmm. And Shout out to Leslie Kahn. Leslie what? Kahn. She's fantastic. Yeah. But she, um, she really shows you pretty quick what you don't know. Yep. And, and and once I saw their brains like stop and start and stop and start because you really, you know, I think when you're a YouTube actor, you just attack lines, right? Yeah. Like you just attack lines hard. But I don't think that that's what acting is. Like acting <laughs> is you got to listen to what they're saying, take it in, and then react, right? So, yeah. like acting is reacting is like the slogan, right? But yeah, it I know. really is. Oh, I started as a an actor, like trained, like with like some of the top coaches in LA, like that have celebrity clients, like the, just like the top of the top. Because I was like, I'm gonna go and I'm gonna like instead of going to college, which I I that was how I justified dropping out of college. Was like, I'm gonna hit it full force, like the best of the best of the best. I don't care how much money it costs. I'm gonna work three jobs to like pay for it. And I spent a lot of my money. Like I didn't have any extra income except that went to coaches. And then I got on YouTube with like Totally Sketch and all the YouTuber people and the hardest thing was taking notes from like, you know, when I'm in someone's video and they're a YouTuber and they were giving me notes on acting yeah, it's the best. to like go big and cartoony and stuff. Yep. It was the fucking hardest thing, but it works on YouTube. It works. It, they, they weren't wrong. Yeah, they weren't wrong. But it was just against everything I've ever trained. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, I hate this. <laughs> yeah. It, it's funny, but yeah, yeah, I, so yeah. And I, I'm, you know, that, so that's just what I mean. Like, Seeing them learn is the same way that I learned, but it was very slowly. Yeah. Whereas I saw them learn very quickly what they don't know about acting. And I had to learn that like the hard way through many. That's the power of having a coach. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It really is. So, um, uh, but yeah, you know, I'm, I'm all of a sudden I'm on like these movie sets and stuff and people, they're, they're just throwing roles at you cause they don't care. They just want you to social media. Yeah. Pump cause you have the numbers. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I remember I was in the wedding ringer and they, you know, props to them. They're very nice, but that's what they wanted it, me in there yeah. for. I know that. Like, I'm not stupid. They had a bunch of, like, YouTuber cameos in there. Yeah. So, uh, and it was cool. I got to meet old Kev, you know, my buddy Kevin Hart. So, that was fun. Um, I call him old Kev. And, uh, <laughs> Do you like being called old? No, old Kev. Like, old Kev. Oh, uh, good old Kev. Yeah. So, I got to meet him. 
And Josh Gabb was very nice as well. He uh, seems like a nice person. Yeah, I call him Joshy boy. Okay. So, yeah. Does he like that? Uh, he didn't respond. Oh, okay. Yeah, because I think he was too busy, but... He probably thought you were an extra. Yeah, I think, I think so. Yeah. But I wasn't. No, you were featured. I was featured extra, thank you. Um, So, you know, I'm on set, and, you know, I have... They ended up cutting my, like, they cut all the YouTuber cameos that I know of. I don't think any YouTubers was in there who got to talk. Uh, I saw um, with Glozell and I think I Justine had, like, some talking. Did they talk? I think some talking. Roles. Okay. They just, like, one line. Yeah, one line. Yeah. yeah. So we all got to, I think, film that. And I think they mostly just cut all that shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, for all of us, basically. Yeah. So, yeah, it was like that, though. So, you know, you go to the premiere and you're like, oh, this is cool. And then you show up and then, like, you're there for, like, you know, you it's like, if you turn to your left and go like, hey, that's me, like you're already gone. But you were in the trailer. Yeah, I was in the trailer. So a lot of people like saw that. Yeah, that's true. And were true. like, what the fuck? Your husband's in the trailer? Yeah, yeah. So that was cool. But, you know, that experience was super cool too. No hatred to any of that. But I just, through it, realizing being on set, right? Mm -hmm. The time it takes. Like the, you know, even like, you know, if you want to do something in the moment, you can, but it might not ever make it to screen. Yeah. It might just get cut for whatever the fuck sure. reason. Yeah. So like it's not as creative as what I was used to because I was on the tubes. Mm -hmm. And on the tubes, like if you throw down a line, like if I was in a Timmy D video and I'm like improving, but like this is great. Whereas like in the movies, they're like, we don't have time for this. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's mm -hmm. just a different thing. Yeah. And you know, unless you're the fucking front and center star, like it's just not that's not gonna happen. No. You can't have as much fun at all. Which I didn't really know. Yeah. Um, yeah. So then I was, I, I also did this show on YouTube called Puppet Cop that I really, you know, it was like my baby in a lot of ways. Like I was super into the idea of it. Like where it was about a, a, sh a show about a part, a, a buddy cop show about a guy who's partnered up with a puppet and he has no idea that he's a puppet. Mm -hmm. So he just thinks he's just some guy. But then the puppet has a huge secret, which is that he's a puppet. Yes. And so, uh, I I always loved that idea and getting to do it was super a super big kick. Yeah. But I think I'm probably the worst thing about that show. Cuz because you know early on I I I um I was advised to do like YouTube overacting. Yeah. And I think it's just horrible. I think I might have said that in the beginning of our relationship and you didn't like it. Well, it was yeah. true. I mean, yeah. it just, of course I didn't like but it. But then you but it's then not like you, I, were like, you smile when you hear something like that. I know. Well, cuz you were so like what do you think? Really, What'd you think? What'd you think? What'd you think? I was think? excited about it. And yeah. I was like, it's a really good concept. <laughs> yeah. I really liked the, there were really good lines in there. Like, yeah. and, and, but then, yeah, I, I just, I'm always going to be honest with you. Yeah. But it, but I, I didn't think that it took away from how funny you were. Like, that you, like, I didn't see you as less, less funny because of that show. I just thought that acting was over the top. That's all. It was, it was yeah. wildly over the top. And honestly, I started day one doing it normally yeah but i was advised to do it yeah. the other way by people who i'm like you know, they know more than i do but i think it wasn't i don't think it was good advice mm -hmm. i regret it <laughs> i wish i didn't do that it was a learning experience but it was a learning experience yeah. but it's just another reason why i'm like oh but you know it's just not that's not something that i'm like fuck yeah you yeah know what i mean like i I want to do that again or anything like that. Like yeah. it's, it's very different where I'm like, I had so much more fun on the street. So much more fun. I have so much more fun doing JK stuff. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like it's just, 
I like being in the moment with people and, and having real moments with people, whether I influence the scenario of it or not. Mm-hmm. Like I like to see what people are going to do sometimes if you throw something weird at them. That's yeah. my favorite thing. Yeah, I'm so uncomfortable with that. See, that shit gets me excited. I, it makes my, my heart flutter in the right way. I like that stuff within a structure. And that's why I think I like stand-up better than improv. Because even in a scene, per se, like, you know, you have lines and you're, like you were saying, like, if you're a newbie, never had coaching, never acted really, you're so focused on the lines and getting the lines right. But it's not about the lines. It's about the intentions behind the lines. It's about, like, the under the surface stuff. And I enjoy doing takes with different flavors and then the person doesn't know, like you still have to be in the moment reacting to what the person's giving you. And so you're still giving them something new and it becomes a collaborative uh, process and where you create something better than anyone could have thought of on their own. And I love that. I loved how like every take you could just do something different or someone would have an idea, like try it this way this time. And then we'd play with it. And I don't know. I like that. I like being on set. I like sets. Me too. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, you just sort of uh, realize that you know, it's it like where I got to is much different than where I ever thought I would have gotten to. Mm-hmm. And but I don't think that I ever knew in the moment that that was where I was headed. Sure. Uh, so we're going to take a little break. And when we come back, we will talk more about did we uh, did we give up on our dreams or not? All right. Nice. So. Uh... Nice pauses, uh, some pregnant pauses Thank in there you. to just it really build the... Keeps you on the edge of your seat. Yeah, yeah. cliffhangers. We'll be right back. Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs and projects done well. Let me tell you, there's the version of it where you try to do something at home, and then there's a version of it where you have someone help you, you watch them do it the right way, and you go, thank God I didn't try to do that myself. I have fully done things around the home that I think look good and then a bang in the night and I wake up to a shelf collapsing, a painting falling off the wall. Like it, I've, I've seen it all go south. I own a home and I can tell you, I know how much work it can take. Whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, you can Angie that and connect with skilled professionals to get the project done well. Right now, one of my wish lists is I want a bike for my condo in Milwaukee and I would love to rig it up on a pulley in the ceiling because I have one of those like lofted ceilings, but I'm so scared to try that on my own. Angie has 20 years of home experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Dua Lipa. You know, when I play my music to people who I really respect or look up to, then I hear my songs in a different perspective. Cardi B. I know what it feels like when you feel like everybody turn your back and like, don't ever think it's because you did something wrong. Harry Styles. I feel like I'm falling more and more in love with, with making music each time I get to do it. You know these artists for their songs, videos, and epic performances. But they have so many stories beyond their fame. That's what we're here to share with you on the Spot Podcast. We sit down with some of the biggest names in music. And along the way, our guests reveal stories that even their biggest fans may have never heard before. 
Check out the Spout Podcast to hear famous people spout off about more than what they're famous for. And find out who's spouting off next wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, thanks for listening to our podcast. We just want to take a break to tell you to like, thanks for listening to our podcast. And if you want to rate it, that would be really awesome for us. Like, Listen, we're on break. We're not talking to you like podcast hosts right now. We're just talking to you like people. As a friend. And we just want to say, please rate the show because it helps out a huge amounts. Like, we're not desperate. We're, like, kind of desperate. We're giving shout-outs right now to all the people who are giving it ratings. So, huge shout-out right now to Brian Jorgensen. That was sick of you, dude. Thank you. God bless. Uh, huge shout-out right now to Mark. Mark W. in Springfield, Connecticut. Back to our podcast. Jenny Blight. Hey, back to our podcast. In Tuscany, and Florida. back to our podcast. God bless you. Thank you. Steven. Huge. Thank you for supporting the show. <laughs> okay, welcome back, everybody. Welcome back. I hope you um, are still at the edge of your seat. Yes. And, but let's pauses. go back a little bit so that uh, so that you don't fall off the chair. You need room for all my pregnant pauses coming up. Yeah, and they are very, they're like nine months pregnant. Yeah, they're really about, they're about to, to burst. So. Make little baby pauses. Go ahead. Sorry. Talking about. Um, did we, you know, give up on our dreams? Yes. How do you feel about this topic, Nikki? Well, um, I remember you going pretty hard on people who changed paths and said that they didn't give up on their dreams. I remember having a conversation with you before about you. that. Yeah. Where you're like, you know, people are always like, no, that was not my dream anymore or whatever. Um, I and, do remember thinking that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just like how you thought that people couldn't understand what their pets were thinking or saying, you know. You yeah, had, but you know me. I mean, some pretty hard opinions. But half of that is bits. Yeah, I know. Working out bits. And you, and you, like, you have, and it's good to have a really strong perspective as an improviser. Exactly. It's funnier if you go hard on, like, You're one way. In positions, yeah. yeah. Anyway, um, I, much like you, uh, you know, really did some deep diving into, I mean, especially when the pandemic hit of what, what I actually value and like what I, what I actually consider a dream life. Because like I was saying before, when you decide your picture of success, when you're so young, like as a kid, I wanted to be an actor on a TV show. And I carried through with that dream all the way up through 30, you know, um, and and I I feel like I went pretty far. You know, I doubled down on on uh, everything I could possibly do to to achieve that. I went to so many auditions. I'm in SAG-AFTRA. I've I've booked a few TV shows, but just as a co-star, I've booked a few um, movie roles, like more leading roles, but um, independent movies. Uh, and so, you know, I, I experienced what I wanted to experience. And at the time when I chose that dream, the internet didn't really exist, yeah. you know? So, of course, the only outlet I saw people being able to perform in, in a way that sustainably makes a living, was TV. And and, and that you don't have to tour, you know? Because uh, I didn't like that part about stand-up. Um, I'm not, I'm a very home much body. a homebody. Yeah. yeah, I need a, a home base. I, I can't do the whole constant traveling. But, um, yeah, and so it, it took me a while to realize that Okay, if if you could go back in time, if well not back in time, but if if I was a child right now, would I still have chosen 
wanting to be an actor on a TV show or would I perhaps have wanted to be a YouTuber? Yeah, because that didn't exist. It didn't exist. Yeah. And and honestly, in my head still right now today at 35 years old, because it wasn't around when I was a kid, it still isn't really real to me, even though that's what I've been doing for a living for the past 10 years. <laughs> like I've been yeah. a full-time YouTuber for 10 years and it doesn't feel like a real thing because that was, we kind of like were there in the beginning of it, you know, and didn't, Nobody was even called YouTubers yet. No, like was, or influencers yeah, or whatever weird. it is. We're like and the first gen or whatever. It's even so weird to me now, like talking to people, like, oh, so you're an influencer. And I'm like, ooh, I, st- I like, cringe at that word because I'm like, that yeah. sounds so stupid and you fake. cringe at that word. Yeah, but, but it is really real. I was actually listening to a poker podcast today on my walk and the guy said that he claims influencer on his, on his tax forms. Oh, really? And I was like, that is insane. And they had a whole discussion about how influencer is a legit career on a tax form now. And I was like, that is insane that and that this poker guy who's so serious about poker is just as serious about calling himself an influencer on a because he does have a huge youtube following and and a huge uh instagram following so i'm like why am i so weird about it because for him he just started a few years ago so it was already a thing but for me it was like i was going hard on acting and and i still kind of saw youtube as this not real like career um or like even the air and not just youtube but internet personality you know yeah and um and then i so i took a deep dive and i was like you know i don't really if i if i really like really am honest with myself i don't really like 14 hour a day on set every day days i i miss home i i don't like how you always you, you're stuck in a trailer during those times i don't know it's not that glamorous when when you're on set if you really like had that experience of being on a TV show or a movie, you're you're on set as an actor um, in a trailer for like hours and hours and hours, and you're you not have even to be acting for hours. You're just no, waiting you're for just hours. waiting for them to set up the lights and set up the. It's because film everything. film is a director's medium. Theater is an actor's medium. So no wonder you liked theater more than you liked film, because that was more of where you get to thrive as an actor. If, when it comes to film, it's all the director. So. I've heard TV like moves faster. It does. Yeah, it's better. But it it's you're still waiting, and yeah. you have to be emotionally there and like ready to go when they when they call, right. and uh, and so you can't like turn it off, even though it's actually a lot of emotional drainage like to be in character for that long, Jeez. or at least for me it was. You know, I just I feel things really intensely, and so like if I'm stuck in a moment where I have to like you know be sad about like my dog dying or something then i have to be in that moment all fucking day right you know and and then sometimes they go home and i'm still in that moment even though you're trying to like take it off so yeah uh what what i do right now currently doing podcasts youtube whatever it is we do um is way more actually exciting and fulfilling to me than than if i was on a tv show 14 hours a day maybe the end product i would enjoy yeah, a for little sure. bit more, but sure. like the actual work involved is is a little bit more grueling. It is, man. It's it from top to bottom. It's yeah. like a whole fucking thing. So, and to be honest, I don't really care to be famous. Same. So to, even if the TV show's a hit, then now I'm there's a responsibility to having a mass amount of people view your stuff and know who you are, and I don't particularly enjoy it. That's why, dude, Denzel is my favorite actor because every time i go watch a denzel movie tom cruise is like this too i know it's gonna be fucking dope because he just knows how to pick projects that suit him yeah and like suit what he does so well and i think those two guys like tom cruise and denzel washington 
they just pick shit that like they're very particular i've heard yeah and they're like i trust them it's cool that they're allowed to do that when it comes to acting it's not something that i ever got to see you do a lot because you're yeah. mostly just auditioning too. Yeah, and so I was acting all the time because I was auditioning all the motherfucking time. Yeah. But it, yeah, the booking ratio is off and they could not book you for a variety of reasons, but you take all of it personally because it's like I did a bad job because otherwise I'd be booking more. But sometimes it has nothing the fuck to do with you. And I've been on the other side of that too where I got cast in a TV show and then that scene got cut and so the casting directors were just like we're just going to put you in this other episode since you already were cast and we had to cut your role out and uh, but the thing is you have to still come and audition even though you already have the role so I went there and there was a bunch of people auditioning for this role as soon as I get in the room they're like hey you still have the role we just have to do this protocol because it's the protocol and like how many times have i been the person like anxiously rehearsing my lines in the fucking waiting line i like i had to dress up i had to you know get my shift covered maybe from waitressing when i used to do that and and then like you don't get the role again and And you you take it personally (laughs) yeah exactly and you get a i always got a parking ticket and there was a time where i had a, a manager that was that that was really mean and anytime I didn't book something which is the majority of the time he would lecture me for two hours so I knew I had to like get lectured after it was it became very like not fun yes. at all everything associated yeah. with it was was associated with not fun yeah exactly yeah. so I, I feel like I kind of pop love's dog when I would get a audition notification I kind of my heart sank a little bit yeah for sure the acting part the whole was fun but the, all the stuff around it was not that fun yeah and how do you feel about you know because 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 this is what got me on this topic right I was I was I had we just had Richard in town Richard Ryan's buddy for forever right and mm. we all did totally sketch together yeah and I was totally thinking, sketch is a channel on YouTube ten years ago that was pretty big and I was thinking about all of us then versus all of us now yeah and that's what got me thinking about this topic is I'm like oh man if I could talk to that guy. I'd be like, no, you're not an actor, dude, and you, you're, you're, and you're cool with it. Like, the, you didn't know about any of this shit. Like, yeah, I just thought, hell, I didn't even know that YouTube would take off back then. I just kept on doing it because when you're in the moment, you don't realize that you're in a movement or whatever the fuck, or yeah. like, you're, or like you're part of what's disrupting. You don't know. You're just like every day is just another day, and you're like just trying to hang on, you know? Yeah, and just trying to grind it out, and like, you know, the amount of time that I spent working on other people's stuff and on my stuff. I didn't have time for anything else or to even think Same. about where I was. Yeah. So. Um, you know, not to like put myself into my stereotype crystal lady role, but um, I did, I used to do a tarot card reading at the beginning of every year and I didn't take them very seriously. It was just like, it's just fu- a fun thing that yeah. I would do just to see like, what does a psychic have to say about my year this year? Like, and does any of it come true? And there was one psychic I used to see all the time and she was, it was really accurate. Like she, she predicted you, she predicted a lot of things that did come true. And I, um, even things I didn't want to hear. And I had asked her about career and I like was really like, Oh, I hope this is the year that I book a TV show. That I yeah. And she's like, Hey, you know, you're, you're going to be really successful, but not in the way that you want to be. I remember her telling you that. And I was devastated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even though she said, you're going to be really successful. I just had this really specific picture of what that looked like. And the thought that it could not be that was 
like really and that's heartbreaking. What it was, so you might listen and think that Nikki heard it from a tarot card lady and she goes, "Well, that's what's going to happen in my life then." But it was really just facing down that that was possible. And no, she and she said this 10 years ago and she said it, she said you're I see you being successful on a technology that doesn't really exist yet. Like you're going to be part of this like newer wave of something that it doesn't really exist yet as a career. Yeah. And she was 1000% correct. Yeah, and and that's but yeah, you know, the inkling, the reason why you were sad about it, yeah, I remember, was because at the time, she just, even the idea that, that, would, that that's possible, that she wasn't going to get to do what she's always yeah. dreamed of doing was devastating. Yeah, and I, and, it, and I didn't let that stop me because like I said, I was like, I'm not taking a tarot card reading and being like, well, that's that. Exactly. I guess I'm not going to be an actor. I went fucking, I doubled down and did, I went yeah. full force. I was like, I'm not going to let this tarot reading come true. Like, I'm <laughs> going to be an actor. That's the thing. It's all, the only way. Same lady, I have to say, just before I bought into Ethereum, told me I was about to come into a fuckload of money. Like, just before. I'm talking like three months before. Wow. Because I went and saw her too because you were already yeah. going to see her and I was like, I'll fucking, who cares? Yeah, it's yeah. be fun. I was like, it's a fun thing I do. Let's do and it. she's like, you're about to, she's like, wow, I'm getting like, I keep on getting like king of cups, king of whatever the fuck. Yeah. And she's like, you're, you're, she was like really, she's like, this doesn't always happen to me. You are about to come into a lot of money like really soon. And I was like, what the fuck ever, dude? Yeah. And then it happened. <laughs> I was like, well, maybe I'll book something or something, right? Maybe because yeah. I was like still doing all that. Yeah, because like, when you your mind gets stuck on like, there's just one way that because this can happen. Yeah, I was like, well, I don't really get a lot of brand deals. Money's gonna come from work <laughs> yeah, only. Yeah, exactly. But that was the only way that I got money. The, yeah, the only way I saw big checks was through, you know, YouTube stuff. But that's or how whatever. your reality starts shifting. Yes, and I, and it really is just like a deepening of of possibility and like when you're creating stuff or when you're creating your life that you actually want to live that you actually thrive in. It's like. This deepening of possibility has to happen. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So yeah, when I look back now, and I yeah, I think about all of us back then, yeah, and the conversation that I would have had with all of them, because even Richard, he wanted to be an actor. Yeah. Like Richard is one of the co-owners, one of the four owners, original owners of Black Rifle Coffee Company. Uh huh. Everyone's heard of that now. Yeah. I remember when they first came out with it, I was like, "What the fuck is Richard doing now?" You know what I mean? Like, because yeah. he was always up to something. He was always very like enterprisey with everything that he was yeah, doing. Yeah, he, right? he was very proud of the guy. But yeah, he he um, you know, he wanted he was going all in on acting. He yeah, was like getting sides and like trying to you know do it and all that stuff. And we all did a movie together, like with Mike, and we did Internet Famous, and he was in it with us, and. It was just, you know, we all thought that we were on that trajectory and we, and we wanted to get there. But then, you know, seeing what he's doing now and how happy he is and how much he's loving life. and Yeah, so I think that previous you was like, they can't be happy. They're convincing themselves they're happy for giving up on their dream. But yeah. I, I think it really is a switch that happens because I am legit hands down the happiest I've ever been in my life right same, now. Same, And it's wild to think that, that I got there. Yeah, that you could get there without that uh, picture of what you thought happiness had to look like happening. Yes. And I think that's what it is. And when you do Crypto Corner, you feel that tingle, right? Oh, that, yeah, dude. That I spark. can't wait to do it. Can't when wait. I play poker, I feel that spark, too. Yeah. And, and I was telling you in the beginning, I'm like, this is so weird because I never... I never would have gone like, I think I want to be a poker player. Like, never. I would have thought that. I, I got into it last, like, 
February when we were house hunting because I always played poker and then um, we didn't get to play any games when we were here because it was full on pandemic mode and uh, I was bummed and so I just started playing poker on my phone and then I, I got into like, whoa, this is a really complex game actually and I started getting into the strategies and it was really stimulating and I I was like, you know what's so weird is that this feels like stand-up when I first started stand-up, like that same kind mm. of the same feeling and I get of like learning a strategy, applying it, seeing if it lands on the table. And then when it does land, I'm like, holy shit, that's awesome. And I yep. get really excited. And, um, and, and it, the adrenaline, the adrenaline you know, of it. Yeah. That's why I also feel doing videos like, like with you, right? Doing yeah. our podcast and doing JK. I, I get that little tingle again. A little like, spark. Yeah. A little spark and just, you know, going to hang out with like-minded people like who we, we kind of all see the world the same way yeah and like a more of a sillier way we don't take things too seriously and we can't wait to make fun of everything like that kind of thing because it because it really helps us alleviate our own problems yeah right? because like you know you you never heard me joke more about uh somebody than when my grandfather passed away because i didn't know how else to deal with it mm -hmm. so I just kept on doing shtick about it you know what i mean like that's just how i process things right so those guys do the same shit. So finding the, like like minds and like getting to turn when that camera comes on mm -hmm. and we and I see the record button and I'm sitting with those guys, just I'm I'm just excited because we're about to have fun. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just, it just feels like that. It just it's just natural a natural fun makes reminds me of my improv days where I'm in a troupe with people and yeah. same shit, same kind of jam. It's it's so funny too because I can't even really talk about it on this episode because it's so niche, but. Like at the at the poker tables, like I start feeling the the table the table's energy, and I I start to we like I usually start joking and like making people laugh at the table, and um and it's a lot of poker jokes, but that only that people at the table would yeah, get, yeah. and then like I'll do callbacks on things that happen, and it makes people laugh, and it's like I have a, like a little. Like it's like doing stand up. It yeah. really is like doing stand up, and it's fun. It's fulfilling, and I found that I, I actually win way more when i'm making people laugh when it's lightening the the uh, the like not the audience but the table yeah i don't know it's weird it's a weird thing it's like it's like these soul tingles of like this is where i'm supposed to be right now It'll i'm supposed to be right now and then yeah, yeah and then it's when i start winning and because uh, when i was really intense about it yes. i was just losing yes. and then i started like getting silly with it and it was just fun it yeah. was just pure fun and I feel like it's, I feel like what we're doing now, I was, I was actually analyzing similar things after, I mean, before Richard, but also after Richard came, um, of like, why? And I, I think it's like, you're, you know, the whole inner child thing of mm -hmm. like, what did, what did she get denied these past like decades of where you're supposed to be an adult and like, you're trying to figure life out and like, what did I deny right. there? Um, what does she want to do? And she just gets to play now, and it's really fucking fun. Yeah. And it's like the best. I wish that I never had a a solid picture of success because you're just. I feel so dumb thinking that it just had to be one way. Yeah, me too. But that's the only way I learned. Yeah. And also, I think I'm pretty slow when it comes to realizing when I've like <laughs> moved on from something. Yeah. Like, I don't think I really realize it because I'm very much stuck in, like, my goal. Uh-huh. So I'm like, nah, that's my goal. Yeah. That's 100%. That's my goal, though, right? That's my overarching goal. That's where I'm going. I don't know that I'm, you know, I'm not there yet, but I'm going there. Yeah. And sometimes I, like, look around me and I'm like, no, wait. It was over. I'm, I needed to be over here. Yeah. It's just an interesting way of looking at things that I'd, 
I don't always know, but then when I get there, looking back, I'm like, okay, I see how I got there now. I was actually going to do a, a whole topic on this, which we'll, uh, but I'll touch on it, which is that I've realized that um, if you're just a happy person in life, like if your life is a little bit more balanced, like you have a social life that you enjoy and like you are getting to have some free time and you enjoy the work that you do, it's easier to like hit goals like it like mm -hmm. y when you're not attached to the end results so strictly like i because i used to just like i need this to happen or like it's like my self-worth was invested in this goal exactly so every time i it didn't happen or i wasn't hitting it i just got so depressed and so sad and like angry and and it was just like a bad time right and then it manifests like other things to be angry about and sad about um but letting go of that, like needing a certain result to happen, allows those results to happen, which is so yes. weird. It's so do, backwards. Do you remember traveling through Europe with me and how miserable I was the whole yeah. time because I hadn't sold a fucking script yet? Yeah. And like, I just didn't think I deserved to be on vacation when I'm like, why do I, why am I on vacation? This makes no fucking sense. Yeah. I haven't earned it. You know, <laughs> like, yeah. that's what I mean. Like, like as soon as I got over that and just started to enjoy things, things started to click, right? Mm -hmm. Things started to sell, whatever the fuck started to happen. It's it's just it it is really a mindset thing. It's like when I, when we were about to get married and um, I went on this like wedding diet workout program, which was like fucking crazy intense because I was like I'm gonna look the best possible. You're going to wedding. Yeah, I was gaining weight and I was getting so fucking mad because like I was trying the hardest, the most, the hundred ten percent hardest, and it was like having opposite results. And then come to find out years later that stress causes a lot of digestive issues that mm -hmm. was causing me to bloat and gain weight. And it was just like the re the way the, once I started letting go and taking things off my plate and not doing crazy exercises, but just going on walks in the morning, I just the weight fell off and I stopped being bloated all the time. <laughs> and it was so weird. It really did happen like that. Yeah. Too. Cause I remember we, you know, you were talking to some people who like do personal training and they were, it was getting so mad cause they're like, well, you have to be counting your macros and yeah, you gotta, gotta be you're, you're not getting enough protein. Or, deficit. Oh, it's because you're not eating enough meat. You're just, blah, blah, blah. Like, I'm doing I'm all like, this motherfucker. Uh, doing, I've, and I've just studied religiously. Like when I need to hit a goal, like that's how we both are. Yeah. Like we just, I'm just obsessed and yes. I'm studying it religiously. And so when it's not happening after I'm putting in all this work and I think it's like a kind of a sense of entitlement. Like if I'm putting in all this work, then I deserve the result that I'm after. Like I deserve to have that. Why isn't it coming? I'm doing all of the work and there's no reciprocation. Yep. And what I've learned through playing poker is that you're just not entitled to it. You're just not entitled to the pot, no matter how much you've researched or it. Like it's just, you have to there's just variance be in life. present. Yeah, there's variance. And you can control your actions and your decisions, but you cannot control the end result. You have no that. control about it. I love that. It. Yeah. Because it's just, it's not up to you. It, it, it's you can do everything up to you, someone else's whim. You can do everything possible to to like put you in the right direction to like give you the best odds at hitting that goal, but you don't get to choose if you actually get it. Unless you have sex with Harvey Weinstein. <laughs> I don't know if you actually. Uh, I think that's called selling your soul. Got it. Okay, yeah, my so bad. it's a transaction. My bad. My bad. It takes place. It's very expensive. I've heard a soul is very valuable. To some. To some, yeah. So that's that's all we got for you guys today. All right. Thank you for listening Wait, to- Wait, do you think you gave up on your dream? No, hell no. Okay, yeah. Hell no. What's your dream now? What's, what's like um, your thing? You know what it is? Yeah. It's it's sort of what I was talking to um, that guy about 
couple years ago at a party where he was like, I live in San Francisco. I, um, I have enough money that I make from working productions that on the weekends I can go to a bar and like have a good time with my friends. And like, you know, I have my car and like, I don't need anything else. Why does anyone else need anything else? And yeah. I'm like, okay, well that's not what makes me happy, dude. That's sounds like shit. Yeah. Like, cause I'm different than you. Yeah. Like for me, happiness is having a big enough house where I could have my family over, my friends over. We can all hang out. I can host Christmases, whatever. You know what I mean? Like, so, so my goal is just to be, um, yeah, financially set enough to where I, I can do really anything. Yeah. And, and you know, not doing it alone. That's yeah big for me too. So, well, I felt for the first time in my life, and this is very new for me. And you know, I did a lot of therapy last year. I was having a really tough time, and just with letting certain things go, and there's just traumas in my past, and just a lot of a lot of things were coming to a a point last year. And um, therapy really, really, really helped. Uh, but I I feel like this is like the first time in my life that I've actually like been present. Like on a day to day, I agree like with that. where it's not like, okay, I got to do this by this time. And, da, 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 and I'm like, so in a different time and place, usually in my head where like, I'm already at the end of the week when it's Monday and I'm like already behind because yes. I haven't done the things that need to be done in time for it to be done by Friday. You just have no idea how much I've heard this. Yeah. I guess. <laughs> yes. And and time really ruled me and I've put some boundaries on time. It's not allowed to, to affect me and rule me that way anymore. And, um, I've really been enjoying life. Um, like I really love our house. I love our friends. I love our family. I love our cats. I love what we do for work. I love, um, I'm, I've been, I'm the healthiest I've ever been in my life. Not like trying to like, oh, we got a meal plan and like get all this stuff to go. Like, it's like, no, I'm just eating well and I'm, very grateful all the time and I mean more present I'm so much more present yeah, you are. I'm so much more present and balanced yeah I think that and this was going to be a part of the episode maybe just tune into the next episode but I just think that um, when you're too focused on one thing needing to be perfect it just you're the rest of your life sucks mm. and like I think I've always just been so tuned in on like perfectionism and like in career making sure I'm doing everything right and possible to like achieve that goal and so when it doesn't happen it's like the rest of my life sucks like yeah. it just like I could have the a great relationship but I'm not enjoying it because I'm thinking so much about what's not happening <laughs> yeah. that I've been focusing my time on yeah yeah and I and I used to kind of see like hanging out with people as this is gonna sound me but as an obligation if if I wasn't hitting my goals in yeah, that, that space you know and you now enjoy it. no i could never and it's not like i didn't like them it's just that i felt less than like i felt like i was not a whole person because i didn't achieve the thing i wanted to achieve how I felt in Europe. and now i feel whole because it's life isn't about that picture perfect thing it's it's about like watering this the plants like it's about like watering your career, your relationship, your family, your health, everything, like, and enjoy, actually enjoying the watering. I used to kind of water it because I had to water it. Yeah. And then I'm like, okay, back to the career. <laughs> 
but now it's like no i really genuinely enjoy like each individual watering of things like we just hung out with richard Mm -hmm. we hung out with chad and v uh, before then um we're hanging out with our other friends tonight at Mm -hmm. dinner and i genuinely can be present there and like happy to hang out with them and not worried about like oh now i'm gonna be behind be behind on on vlogs i'm gonna be behind on editing i'm gonna be behind on I just no, no, like it's just there's there each thing has its own value. That's great. And I'm just realizing that. Yay. Yay. Took a while. All right. Yeah. Same to you, pal. Hey, think you're right back at you, dude. <laughs> Fuck Anyways, face. We'll fuck <laughs> <laughs> oh fucking ham. All right, we'll we'll see you guys on the next one. Yeah, if you want to check out we have bonus episodes of Shit They Don't Tell You if you're really into us. Uh they're called but Shit They Don't Tell You After Dark and they're on our Patreon, patreon.com slash sticky S T I K K I. Um it's kind of more of like we're what we're going through at the present moment. So like a little bit at the end there. You might have heard like that's kind of the vibe of Shit They Don't Tell You After Dark, yes. where we're talking about like things that we're just now kind of figuring out yes. that they didn't tell us and how we're processing it in real time. Um and there's a whole bunch of other stuff like Crypto Corner and, and all that stuff. And if you have a question you would like us to uh, read on a, another episode of Shit They Don't Tell You, we do ask us anything. And you can email podcast at Nikki.limo for that. Booyah. Booyah. We'll see you guys next time. Yeah. Bye-bye. See you next time. You better be here. That's right. This is my dream. <laughs> Goodbye. Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs and projects done well. Let me tell you, there's the version of it where you try to do something at home, and then there's a version of it where you have someone help you, you watch them do it the right way, and you go, thank God I didn't try to do that myself. I have fully done things around the home that I think look good, and then a bang in the night, and I wake up to a shelf collapsing, a painting falling off the wall. Like it, I've, I've seen it all go south. I own a home, and I can tell you... I know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, you can Angie that and connect with skilled professionals to get the project done well. Right now, one of my wish lists is I want a bike for my condo in Milwaukee and I would love to rig it up on a pulley in the ceiling because I have one of those like lofted ceilings, but I'm so scared to try that on my own. Angie has 20 years of home experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com. You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that.